Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, people say that growing old is a privilege, and yet it seems as though so many of us try to fight aging, both men and especially women. And even though we all age, men and women, research shows that it's women, not men, who face ageism. Increasingly, ageism is hitting home for vibrant, talented women of a certain age who arguably feel the sting in their personal, social and professional lives. In a 2019 article in The Atlantic called The Invisibility of Older Women, author Akiko Bush writes, the invisible woman might be the actor no longer offered roles after her 40th birthday or the 50-year-old woman who can't land a job interview. So how does society expect midlife women and beyond to spend their next three, four, or even five decades? Well, there's no simple answer to that question. One thing is certain, the invisibility factor is real and it needs to change. Today, in the Hazel Sister Studio, Newcastle Podcast Station, I have the fabulous Charlotta Tharrett with me. Hello, my friend, Charlotta. Hello. Now, for those of you who don't know Charlotta, which would be crazy because she's on Hazel Sister a lot, she's the founder and director of the Mindfulness Clinic, international speaker, a writer, and my mindfulness guru. Mm, I'm loving it. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, my friend. So you've been writing about aging and the prejudices that we face as we get older recently, and we've been having conversations around that. Mm. Yeah. So we kind of thought, you know what, let's do a podcast episode around that for Hey Soul Sister. Yeah. And it's such an important topic, isn't it? Absolutely. Because it happens to everybody unless we die. <laughs> yeah. So it's something that, you know, and I think that there's a lot of fear around it. There's a lot of, it's a bit like menopause. It's sort of the, uh, you know, it's coming towards me. Whereas, you know, you think, wow, what if we could change that relationship? What yeah. if we could actually go, this is just another stage and it has its benefits and its challenges like all stages. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I have fears around aging. What's your fear? Well, okay, a couple of things is the whole, well, I had breast cancer in my Mm mid-30s. I'm now in my second half of my 40s. You know, I've now had a a traumatic um, surgery on my face to have a skin cancer cut off. So I go, oh, wow, all of a sudden there's like these little medical things that pop up as you Mm. get older. And I have fear around going, oh. Which, which we've talked about, I hope I don't have to go through this, this again. And, you know, I'm now like getting a bit hypervigilant. I'm booking into my GP again to go and get my body checked out, make sure there's nothing else. And certainly I don't like looking at the wrinkles in the mirror. Mm-mm. I don't like it. And it's interesting because I know... There's a loss in it. Yeah. And it's so complex, the whole issue mm. around ageing and mm. ageism. Because I think what you, the first thing you're mentioning is that, that will there be pain? Right. Mm. There's the pain and then there is, you know, the ongoing time out, you know, for fixing things yeah. or recovering and I won't be as I was. So there's a loss in energy levels, in wellness perhaps, you know, not for everybody but for some. Yeah. And there's a loss in, in, in our appearance. And easily we, we kind of define ageing from that perspective of the loss, and we forget about what the gain is. And also, I mean, it has to be said that not at all for everybody is there a, you know, a, a big decay or, you know. Yeah. It, I mean, there is a – but but it isn't necessarily that, that we, we age and we start to have a lot of pain or – I mean, both my parents are – 
you know, in well, my mother's 82, my father's 88, and they're not medicated, they walk every day, they are super active, there is absolutely nothing wrong with them, and there is no p- pains and aches. Yeah. So I'm not saying this to sort of ho, 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 but, you know, it's just that there are lots of counter stories as well. And it's funny, I did see a podcast, no, not a podcast, it was a TED Talk, and they were talking about ageing and, and living a long and healthy life, and they were saying that actually walking every day is key, keeping yes. moving and walking. yes. yes. That's right. Good sleep and walking. And, you know, you can actually just say, I was thinking, you can actually just say those. That that should be the, the absolute focus because, yes, of course, not many toxins. You would dial down your alcohol consumption and, you know, eat healthy, and etc. But actually, you know, if you're not sleeping well, usually, you know, it's the first area to look at, well, what, what are you eating and are you not moving or moving and also what's your alcohol consumption? So if you say, well, my main thing is I've got to sleep well and I've got to move, that's a really good place to start. I find something really interesting not so long ago and that said that post 60, we start to need a little less sleep. Yeah. Have you seen that as well? I have and I remember my granny she used to lie awake in the in the early hours of the night or the morning mm-hmm. and for no particular reason. And, you know, we would talk about that. I used to sneak into her room as a little girl and, and she would just say, you know what, I just, I'm awake. I'm not asleep. Right. <laughs> Sounds like lovely. For no reason. Sort of acceptance, yeah. yeah. There's a couple of theories. One is that the older were the ones who could then keep watch <laughs> of ah. the tribe. But there's another one that says, you know, that the first two hours of sleep is the one where we're kind of doing the basic cleaning of the brain, if you like. And then the rest of the time is integration of what we've learnt with what we've had uh, experience in the past. And young children need to have a lot of sleep because there's so much new learning. But as we age, there's less new learning. And so, therefore, there's not the same need for integration. And I think that kind of makes sense. I love that you know that. That's actually really interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I, I've, I've never heard that before, but it does totally make sense. Mm. And that means that if we go, okay, so I'm needing a little less sleep, we go, all right, that means the early hours I might meditate, I might get a good book, you know, I might just lie there like your grandmother, you know, but rather than feel the pressure that I should be sleeping, that if we go down to seven hours, it might be just fine. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Interestingly, I was listening to uh, Wayne Dyer on YouTube recently and he was talking about when you wake at three in the morning, which I do a lot. Mm, wolf hour. Yeah, wolf hour. And he said... The best thing you can do is meditate. When you wake mm. at three in the morning, do a meditation. Mm. Quieten right down. Yeah. And I'd say, dear body. I'd say, you know, put the hand over the, over the heart and just go, dear body, okay, so we're awake. And then accepting that. Because as soon as you have an agenda, even if you're, if you're you know, meditating, go, oh, I'm just doing this so I can fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> then you're in, still in resistance. So we have to come into, okay, I'm awake and that's okay. So aging is so subjective. I mean, what is old and when are we old? <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because in a way we go from youthing to maturing to aging, don't we? Do yeah. we? And on either side there's sort of birthing and becoming and then there or whatever, and then there's dying. And then so so at what point? I had a funny experience with somebody a few years ago. He's an old magistrate here who writes a really good a newsletter and we were doing a little workshop together on blog writing and uh, he said oh I don't know you know what I don't know if if what I can write is really relevant and I said to him well how many old men write their opinion we need the voice of old men and old women and he said I'm not old <laughs> he was in his 80s yeah so I said but you are 
And he said, no, I'm not. I said, okay, well, that's interesting. It's interesting why we think the word old is bad hmm. and why we say think the word young is not. Like it's not a level playing field, right? Yeah, unless we're talking about wine. Indeed. <laughs> or some cheeses. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But otherwise it's not neutral. So I think we don't want to embrace that idea that I am old Whereas actually, you know, if we do it, it's okay. Yeah. We're so, certainly older. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it really is subjective. Like I remember being in my 20s and thinking that turning 30 was so old. Yes. So old. Yes. And, and I was depressed having my 30th birthday. For, right? I know. Yeah. My what's, 30th what's, birthday. Yes. Yes. And now you look at that and you go. Uh, our eldest son is 27 uh, because, you know, he's the eldest and our youngest is 21. And he gets, he says, oh, can't believe how old I am. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I remember being, I became a single mum at 29 mm-hmm. and, you know, feeling like the old maid. At 29. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. And now I'm 47. I was like, oh, sister, you are so not old. It is so subjective. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that subjectivity travels with us. Yeah. And changes along the way, isn't it? Because we never, I mean, when is old? I'm, I'm like, I'm 47. And, um, you know, Mel Sarge was in here before and, you, and she's 42. <laughs> and you said, oh, you're a baby. Yeah. You're yeah. just a baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so just for you. Are. Even yeah. that conversation just highlights, I think, one of the main things about ageing is that it changes our perspective. And, 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 and I'm really interested in this idea that as a culture, if we don't appreciate that age of more mature people of ageing, whether that, whether that be in the workplace or in governing or in families, then we are the poorer for it. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that because it is a perspective that is freer from the day-to-day running of things, from self-interest, hmm. right? I mean, Jack Cornfield said at a retreat I did many years ago with him, he said, there are many cultures who believe that the very young and the very old, they're kind sort of sitting at the book in, as the bookends of life and their experience of God is a little clearer, right? Because they're not muddled with the busyness of day-to-day bills and children and childcare and working. And I think we need that perspective. You know, that's why we love looking at children, isn't it? Because of their beautiful sort of pureness and delight around life. And what does the old offer us? What does the, I mean, I, I, I sort of think, wow, we should actually have you know, council sort of groups, I mean councils, sorry, of old people yeah. that are referred to in terms of sitting outside government, sitting outside, you know, mm. different organisations and going, what do you think? What do you think? You have a perspective that's much bigger than ours. What do you think? So I was talking to my friend Jan this morning and so I think Jan, I haven't actually asked, but she just had a birthday yesterday and I think mm-hmm. she's in her, say, mid-60s. Mm-hmm. I was telling her that we were recording yes. this topic today and, of course, she, you know, wanted to – she was giving me her opinion mm-hmm. on, on the topic and she said, you know what, the beauty about getting older is that everything just doesn't seem as big a deal anymore. No, that's right. That's right. She said, you don't sweat the small stuff as much. It's really not a big deal. Like, not like when you're in, gosh, I remember when I was in my 20s, everything was a big deal. Yes, that's right. The intensity of it and the reactivity. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And I look back and I kind of go, it's like you're constantly surveying, judging yourself, judging others. Do I hold up? Do I stand up? Mm. You know, I remember being like working my way through my career 
and being really intimidated by a lot of people. Whereas, you know, now I'm like, oh, we're all the same. He really cares. Right. <laughs> you know? Isn't that liberating? It, it is, is so liberating. liberating. Yeah. So you can, we can be much more present, isn't it? Rather yeah. than we are, we're in our own way, if you like. And so it was really interesting, you know, hearing Jan talk about that. And I was like, well, it's true. And I go, I'm not fully there yet where I totally don't sweat the small stuff, <laughs> but I'm much more aware of it now. Mm. And it's about capturing that capturing the thoughts and going, okay, yeah, I can see they're running away. How do I change that? Mm. Whereas in my 20s and even 30s, I would didn't have the awareness to do that no. at all. There's kind of an element of coming into our own skin, even if it isn't as pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and I think as well, you know, so I'm at, yeah, in the second half of my 40s mm. and I've had some shit going in my life. I've had some shit. Yeah, but if, yeah, we all have. But and it's funny. I look at our kids, and I go, "Nothing bad's happened to you yet." You know, they we we talk about, I guess, the arrogance of youth. Mm. You know, which is subjective in itself. Mm. But when I look at my kids, and I go, "It's wonderful." They they probably have a little bit bit of that arrogance of youth. But I'm like, naivety. Naivety. Nothing's mm. happened to you yet. Mm. Whereas by the time we get to a place, yeah, it's like I've had cancer, I've like been divorced, remarried, yes. become the stepmom, you know, got new friends, lost friends, mm. been fired from a job, like, yes. you know, all these different things, mm. battles and, and cheated. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And so I suppose you learn to get through those challenges and I, I guess you either have to find a way to make peace with where you're at and go, yes, I can get through that and build your resilience and learn that it's not in the bigger scheme of life, it's not that big a deal. Whereas, you know, when I look back at my 20s, nothing had really happened to me yet. So everything was a big deal. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. yes. It was like the so littlest thing was it. Yeah, there was in there. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. I have perspective. That, I had that made sense the way I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That when we haven't had our scars yet, we haven't really, we haven't really stretched and we haven't also really gotten some confidence in ourselves. Because yeah. I know with, when some of the really big shit has happened in my life, it has given me this faith that I can handle shit. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like, you know, things happen and I'm not going to lose the plot. You know, I'll be, you know, unhappy. I'll be a little wobbly, but I'll find my way back. And I think that that's what we realise, you know. And then also we become grateful for the little things. When there, isn't, when there isn't a drama, I think, you know, one of the things that I notice is that my heart's just more open. Like when I walk, I, in the mornings, you know, we're so blessed with the nature around here. And, you know, the sun shining on certain, you know, on leaves or whatever, there's just this awe, this bliss, this whoa that, you know, came in little glimpses when, when I was younger, but more so now. So, you know, and I, that's why I think of Cornfield's idea of a little closer to God, you know, perhaps because there's, we're not as busy. I want to get to not as busy. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> not be as busy. I think that's more on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I just really want to put a big tick against that. <laughs> okay, so why do you think it is that women face ageism much more than men? Oh, I love that question. To be to go right big, I think it's because we live in a patriarchy society that is captured by being productive. 
And when women can no longer bear children, we are no longer productive. We are no longer useful from that model. I actually, in, in thinking about this whole thing, I thought, I think that our relationship with aging is so relevant to our relationship with life. If, you know, in those cultures that see life as we are spiritual beings having a human experience, uh, experience they value their old they value that because they know they want the input from old people to young people. In our culture where we think we are just human resources here to produce, to accumulate, <laughs> to spend, then we get to a use-by date and we talk about the elder burden from that perspective. We would. And, uh, and women are further down the hierarchy than men so that, you know, naturally it's going to, you know, our worth is tied up with our appearance, our sexiness, our ability to sell uh, and consume. But I also think there's some really strong counter things happening in this space right now. I mean, I'm modeling back at modeling at my age and there's I love that. And when she says model, not like scientific models, like she's a she's a supermodel. <laughs> really <laughs> she's a supermodel <laughs> just doing little jobs but there's a demand for women my age which indicates that we're starting to see beauty in different ways we are wanting to have older people be out there because yes they've got the money but also they want to see older people yeah. so there's definitely a change and I was thinking about you know one of the the first times I was discriminated against my age I was 22 and it was with June Daly Watkins oh yes, yes I remember June Daly Watkins <laughs> she said don't shave your legs above your knees did she that's what I remember well she, she, she was right I'm sure <laughs> um but I saw her once for a casting for a Japanese job and she just put her hand on my arm and said darling you're too old you're 22 <gasps> right so so yeah the first time I was sort of discriminated in that way because they wanted 17 18 year olds right so I think it happens at any age potentially because isn't it funny from where we sit now Yeah, at the stage in our life, like 22 is a baby. Yeah. And so she was like going, 22 is too old. We yeah. want you to be 18. And you go, what's the difference between 18 yes. and 22? Are you kidding me? Yes. So I was reading an article when I was researching this and it actually said that you don't really begin aging until you're in your mid-20s. That's when you might start to get fine lines and things. So you go at 22. Yeah, yeah, right. Like there's no real difference. No. <laughs> Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. That's crazy. I actually also just let you know that I was, again, doing some reading and I found an article that said in Australia that it's men and young people that are most ageist in their attitudes, which... Yeah, and I think it's a very, you know, it's a cultural thing, isn't it? Mm. Because there are certainly, you know, like we know in France, for instance, you know, the French men in general, yeah. <laughs> look at their president, yep. you know, really appreciate older women. Yes, they well, see them in a different way, that they are sexy because of their, their experience and the way they, you know, their confidence and that sort of thing. So it's interesting, isn't it? So yeah. Perhaps we all move to France. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, do you know what? Over here, what, you get called a cougar. Yeah. It's, it's like there's this derogatory name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember walking through Randwick Racecourse. Actually, do you know what? I was 36. Mm -hmm. And I remember that because I had been, actually when I say Randwick, it was Rose Hill. I'd been at the McGrath Foundation Race Day and I actually was in the midst of my breast cancer treatment and I was wearing a long wig. 
And I remember as we were leaving, we, we were kind of like walking back to our hotel. We were staying in a hotel across the road from Rose Hill. And then all these young guys were walking past and they're like going, cougar, cougar. And I was like, I'm 36. Like, really? I'm the mm. cougar? You know, and, and but I go, like, why, why do we get called mm. such a derogatory name? Mm. And it's like that they assumed that I was after them, that we, yeah. that was with a group of girls, that we were after them. Isn't that part of the I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not looking at you. <laughs> but yeah. men don't really get that name. Not no. that I know of. No. No, and, you know, w- women become all hags or cougars or whatever. Or crones. Oh, oh, yes, that's right. Whereas men just become, you know, potentially more dignified, mm. right? So, again, we've got an incredible bias there. So we as women need to not buy into any of that garbology, right? Absolutely. And support each other and supporting our beauty, our insight and our presence at any age. It's so important. Yeah. And young women, if you're listening to this, that's especially you because one day you'll be our age. Yes. <laughs> And we will be welcoming you. (laughs) Come join the club. Yeah. Okay. So, Shalotta, what is age shaming? And do you know anybody that's experienced it personally? I don't actually, to be quite honest, which is, you know, interesting. I think part of, for me, my experience is because I'm self-employed and I have so many long-term clients and my area of expertise kind of sits with maturity a bit, I don't experience it. But of course, I know from recruiters that it's a huge issue and lots of, you know, good women are passed up just by, and all feel they have to lie about their age and also actually go in and get Botox and various treatments in order to look younger, in order to still be relevant in the job market and that is really really sad because the research as I'm sure you know is super clear that actually mature women is one of the very very best people you could possibly employ because there are no distractions right they can really dedicate themselves to to the job and they have the experience so they tend to be actually faster in in the way they operate and in society we have a tendency to look at Hollywood star and celebrity as to what is the way to be a woman or the way to dress or we look to them for what ideals. Yeah. The, yeah. Mm. We look to celebrity for ideals of beauty. Mm. And so it's interesting. We were just chatting yesterday around Nicole Kidman, who's on the front cover of Vanity Fair wearing a super sexy little, I don't know if it's a maid or a school, school girl. girl sort yeah. of outfit thing. It's very, you know, very crop and a, and a tiny little skirt. And she, I mean, she, she's a very lean woman and mm. she's got, I should, it's either airbrushed or she really does have amazing abs. Could be either. I don't know. But it's caused so much controversy. Mm. And it's interesting because you go, why? And it's because the articles that I read about it, they said because she's in her late 50s. Mm-hmm. And, and what is the what is the criticism that she she's needs, too old that she shouldn't be doing it she shouldn't be wearing that outfit that it's she's too old to wear that right and it's funny because I'll be honest I was like oh that's really interesting they've got her mm. in that but I'm like mm. well I guess she has and, a, and, and why is it necessary I yeah. mean that would be the first question yeah so it, it's opened up this whole conversation around that mm. why did they have her dressed like that. Mm. And if we had a girl in her 20s, which, you know, the article saying they had a photo of Zendaya wearing exactly the same outfit. Mm. And they're like, if she was on the cover wearing that. No comment. There'd be no comment around Mm. it. Mm. But because Nicole Kidman in her 50s is wearing it, Mm. it's like there's all this hoo-ha around it. Mm. And actually she has a very lovely figure. She's very lean. Mm. But it's kind of interesting that she's kind of being torn down for it. But if you had a woman in her 20s or 30s, it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah, I, I think it brings up lots of questions though. Like, you know, First one, why would you? Mm. You know, why is it necessary for an older woman to portray herself as young? 
Yeah. Because that is what it is, right? And there's a sadness in that, I think, rather than being your age. I mean, obviously, yes, yeah, she's very lean, but she also obviously spends an enormous amount of time staying fit and on, on, you know, perky bottom and amazing arms and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm. So a lot of time goes into that. Now, it's her profession, so it's different to perhaps you and I, right? But I remember looking at my bottom in the mirror and thinking, God, it, it really is no longer like a like two balloons. It's more like a baby strapped to my to the back of my, <laughs> my back. <laughs> and, yeah. and do I want to spend a lot of time making sure it pops up? Like I would, you know, I've just spent a lot of time doing that. I thought, no, I actually don't. Hmm. I actually don't want to. It's not that important to me. Right. So we have different priorities. I mean, to Nicole, it's important that she, you know, for her, that she yeah. looks like that. And we then have those sort of photos. You know, is the same relevant for men? No. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, is there more space for, for men to to age? Well, absolutely. And there you have the examples of Sean Connery being in his 70s and being named, you mm. know, world's sexiest man mm-hmm. and older men really held up as being sex symbols still. Mm. But for women, it's like we have to do all this stuff to ourselves. Yes. Yes. We have to still look young. Yes. That's the problem, isn't it? That you can't just look attractive, energized, enthusiastic about life and healthy for your age. That's not good enough. Yeah. Right. Because the wrinkles, you need to get rid of them and you need to still have a perky whatever and, you know. Now, I want to ask you about this quote. I read this quote in an article, which is called The Pain and Beauty of Growing Old and Aging Gracefully. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? The idea that women become less beautiful with age exists for the simple fact that women grow more powerful with time and our culture does not yet find power attractive in a woman. (laughs) That's an interesting one. It is. Mm. Yeah. If we go, okay, let's go with that quote, right? Then I think one of the things is we become freer. So we become clearer and we become braver to go, you know what? I'm going to say my opinion. Yeah. I'm no longer beholden to the stereotypes. I'm no longer beholden to the idea I should be nice. I'm no longer beholden to all that oppressive stuff that our culture say of how women should be. I am now free to go stuff it, yuck it, whatever, right? And that, I suppose, is a power. So potentially I think there's truth in it. When I read that quote, I was like, huh, yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that, that it was about a power thing. Mm. And I do know – my experience in my 30s was that when I worked with older men in their 60s, that they were really quite derogatory to women older and younger mm, mm. in the workplace. It actually was quite disgusting and and, dis- and scarred me. Mm. And there was a woman who was older and she was quite outspoken about her thoughts and feelings about things. And they used to laugh at her behind her back. Mm. If they had phone in meetings, they would turn her volume right down, you know, just do awful things to her. And so when I read that, it reminded me Mm. of that moment of Mm. of older men. And I go, I don't know why. What, like, why were they threatened? Is it just... They couldn't uh, control her? Yeah, possibly. And she was probably somebody who was quite outspoken, but Mm. she had good stuff to say. She Mm. was passionate. Mm. But they wouldn't do that to other men. No. You know, if there was an outspoken man, yeah. they would just have it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, think of all the derogatory terms that are, you know, around, you know, older women, you yeah. know, from anything to witches to bitches mm. to old hat. I mean, really awful, awful terms. And yeah. we don't have the same for men at all. So we need to not use those. Want to fill your soul with more? 
go to thesisterco.com. Can I ask a question for you? Has personal attractiveness and or a change in your physical appearance, I mean, you've talked about your bottom. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Has it been an issue as you've aged? Yeah, I think there's a loss. I mean, I think that the first thing is to say, I remember turning turning sort of 45, 50 and feeling much freer in in that I wasn't attractive in the conventional sense anymore and therefore I didn't have to worry about my safety, to be honest. That was a huge thing for me. Yeah. Like I you know, had some incidents, as most women have had early in my life, where I was just always alert and always aware of, you know, where are you walking, who you don't look at people, don't look at men in particular. Once I turned sort of 45, I, I can look at anyone anytime yeah. and I'm not perceived as flirting. I'm not perceived as wanting anything sexual. So I, that was the first thing I think where I thought I actually felt it as a wow, that's freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's sad when, when, particularly when I look at myself doing videos and I go, oh my God. And my son said to me once, you look just dreadful. You've got to do something about this. You know, you are so, you look so old and so terrible. And I went, oh, okay. What, what do I do? They said, oh, the first thing is to get the right light. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> but there's a, there's no shame in facelifts, mum. Oh, okay. okay thanks son (laughs) well they're honest right yeah (laughs) or how they see it at least uh so yeah i think there is a loss and and you know i get facials and sometimes i think you know really charlotte you yeah i'm attached to the face looking as nice as i can make it look at this Mm. age oh you yeah i'm the same Mm. totally i get botox i've been i've been getting the botox on and off since i was 36 Right. Because I read an article when I was 30, 36 that you said that it said you need to freeze your face at 36. <laughs> and so they said you need to start having Botox at 36. Oh. So, and I'm not religious with it. I mean, I can, I might, I probably need to be more. Oh, look at me. Look what I'm saying. I need to be better with my Botox. And I, I do. But you know, it's funny. I don't get filler or anything like that, but I get, I do get Botox. And when I do, people will say to me, do you look fresh? Right. And I think and that's but, nice, a nice feeling, isn't so it? So I get that reinforcement. Yeah. And they go, and it's like, they kind of, they look at me like, there's something different about you. And I'm like, I just don't have all my wrinkles on my forehead and my, <laughs> my eyes showing. <laughs> but it's funny, I, I've noticed, I'm like, it's the little wrinkles around my eyes. I'm like, they're getting deeper as I get older. And, mm. and I look and I'm like, oh, they look tired. And I use retin A, I use prescription retinol cream you know, probably four times a week. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be at peace with it. My girlfriend says to me, like every birthday I'm like, oh, damn, I'm a year older. And she's like, you've had cancer. You should mm. actually be grateful. It's mm. a privilege to be alive. And I'm mm. like, yeah, you're right. You're mm. right. Mm. You're right. And then when I think about everything good that comes with that, the wisdom being, you know what? And even after having had it like a good career and everything going, you have money now that you don't have in yes. your early life. That's I can right. go on freedom. holidays. Yeah. I have freedom. I have yes. choice. Yes. You know, I didn't have that when I was young. No. And I think the other thing is, you know, when we, we tend to, when we're younger, have a, a much stronger external focus yeah. and even on the appearance. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, well, you don't have to have any mirror, Charlotta, actually. You know, mm. you can ask somebody else, you know, are there funny hairs sticking out in funny places? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't have to, ha- to look in the mirror as much because if you close your eyes, the experience is the same, irrespective of what you look like. Charlotta, I got these new glass prescription, which I'm wearing now. Mm. And because my eyes are going, 
I where are they going? <laughs> no, sorry. My eyes are getting weaker. <laughs> Anyways, so I went and got these new glasses uh, probably, I think it was in January. And then I got in the car and I put down the mirror the vi- um, under the visor, mm. put down the mirror and I put on my glasses. I went, holy shit. Yes. I got wrinkles and hairs on my face. I didn't know it was there. I've been, I've been walking around with a permanent <laughs> Instagram filter with my bad eyesight. I thought I looked amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Shut <laughs> seriously i was like mm. i've been living in this like uh, like this mm-hmm. bliss of like bad yeah, eyesight like, yes <laughs> thinking i look great and i'm like oh dear lord anyways and, and probably i mean one of the reasons why it is hard at the moment is because of all the focus on your photographs whereas i mean mm. you know centuries ago there was no mirror yeah. you didn't know what you looked like absolutely which would be could have been a blessing right i mean seriously in terms of us not being attached to it mm. whereas i think now it's ramped up in every way and we were dead by 45 50 so yeah you know. that, that's right <laughs> <laughs> okay my friend how can we change the narrative about age well i think one of the things is that if we think of what what a culture how we kind of influence and live in a culture then a culture that only wants youth or that only wants us you know positive psychology only wants us to be happy it lives in in immaturity and there's a cost to that so i think that we can start to speak from the voice of the of the older and value it and go we need in order to fall is it's a bit like you know the cycles we have spring summer autumn and winter right what if we deny two of the seasons it's insane Mm, you wouldn't do that no you wouldn't do that or we're denying aging we're calling we're putting people aside and we're calling it the age you know the older burden and things like that rather than going okay so how can we integrate these people into having a voice in our society having influence getting their input so that we truly hear from everybody irrespective of the stage they're at that that would be the first thing and then i think you know for us all to not judge each other whatever we do with you know botox or fitness or whatever but just we're all on a journey of of loss and grief that is part of you know not being dead isn't it you know in effect that it's part of it and also no you know dial down perhaps the advertising and all that sort of you know to dial down the pressure on how we should be so we are freer to be how we actually would like to be and what is most useful for us and our society and our families because I think that it's easy to become so attached to our appearance that we spend so much so much time on it you know but be that exercise botox and surgery and da 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 and you know there are other things in life too that you know and the world needs us i think the world needs to hear from the mature women around you know that perspective that isn't busy with kids that it has well you know what it'll pass darling it's okay right and also i think i was thinking this sounds this sounds really radical and you might cut it out <laughs> because i know it's it's going to be not popular but from an old person older person's perspective where i sit now i go I think we've lost the plot in quite a few areas. Like I think IVF, for instance, I think we've lost the plot with that kind of thing. To think about what we put particularly women's bodies through in order to have a child. And there's research now showing that increases their children's risk risk of breast cancer and that there's a much higher rate of autism. Instead of supporting people to accept we don't all have children right yeah we don't you know we don't all have you know we're not all blessed with not getting cancer Hmm. we we have different conditions 
And we have to learn to accept those conditions. Some of those more difficult and bigger conversations can be had by somebody from the outside, if you like. Yeah. And I'm not saying yes or no or right wrong. I'm just saying it's a perspective that, I, that I'm reflecting on. We are overpopulated already. And I don't know if we would, we've gone down the right road with this just because we can. Well, thank you, my friend. Thank you for my coming pleasure. and having... Thank you for being <clears throat> curious about this incredible topic. And I think there is so much more to talk about. Oh, absolutely. You know? And I'd love your thoughts. If anybody has any thoughts or input, please email me at melissa at thesisterco.com. And Charlotta, quickly tell us, you've got a mindfulness retreat coming up in Ooh, August. I do. Yes. Yes. It's so exciting. We're back at the Zen Resort. Where, you know, in Bali. Oh, in Bali, the beautiful Zen. And it is a place for where hearts get, go back online, get back online. And the idea of this retreat is really to deepen the mindfulness, but also to give birth to what is ready to become within us, to be curious about, you know, after two years of a difficult time, what is what is your gift? What is ready to be, to be let go of and what is ready to be born? Well, and I'm coming along. I love that you are. Yes. I'm trying to talk my husband into it. He's not sure, but I know I'm coming. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Well, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for coming and having that chat. And um, yeah, please, any, anybody listening, reach out if you have any questions or yeah, any comments. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesisterco.com.